welcome to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Runda, your host. And uh, wow, where to start today? I just got back from Clear Lake, California. I got a call a couple of weeks ago that my father passed away. Um, so I've lost both parents in the last 12 months. So I went to Clear Lake. Um, now that my mother, my mother's lost, I don't mean to sound callous on this because my uh, my mother's loss, as many of you, if you've listened to my program, was a, a tremendous loss for me in my life. Uh, my father was not a really good father, left our family when I was eight years old and uh, didn't have a lot to do with our family for over a decade, probably 13 years, didn't pay child support and made no contact. And when he did come back into our lives, probably caused more havoc than then uh, brought any peace. And so my mother was a single mother, raised four children. And, and uh, but anyway, nonetheless, he is my only father and found out he passed away. And he had been taking care of my, my brother, Mike, who's a, a very non-functioning alcoholic for a number of years. And so for that, I was grateful because that, that, uh, that was a heavy burden that fell on my mother for many years and, and also on my family. And so there was some sense of loss there uh, when I found out my father had passed away. I was the only one of my siblings who was willing to go and take care of um, my father's death and make sure, you know, he was cremated and, and pay for those costs. So I flew out to clearly California. And so I'm just going to talk a little bit about that because I think it talks about the world in which we live in some because I am probably conservative and Republican because my father is very much a socialist and uh, Democrat. He, um, he lived in uh, Clear Lake, California, which I would call the city of misfits. And I don't mean that unkindly. It truly is the city of misfit people in the sense that, uh, or maybe that's just my perspective from the world in which I live in. Maybe they all feel like they are not uh, in that category, but you drive in the city and you instantly smell the nice aroma of marijuana. And uh, I shouldn't say nice aroma. It's just the aroma of marijuana. I don't, I don't particularly feel like it's a nice aroma, but I was being sarcastic on that. Uh, and you smell it everywhere. I mean, throughout the entire city, every restaurant, every hotel, uh, just driving through, that's the aroma that permeates the entire city. And everyone grows marijuana. It, uh, the roads have not been worked on probably in decades. They have a beautiful, beautiful lake that uh, they're in Clear Lake, California, that was not properly taken care of. Um, so they're just the infrastructure, everything else you can tell it's just a city in which the management um, works with what they have. They're citizens in which that live there and uh, just totally different place. So this is the my father found his tribe in clearly uh, California. We had a small get together uh, with some of my father's neighbors and and uh, friends, and he, he actually was a um, on PBS uh, radio station there in Clear, Clear Lake, California for the last 15 years. And 
this is probably another reason why I don't feel like any tax dollar should ever go to PBS because I know my father's politics and uh, they were not anything I'd want my my uh, tax dollars to go to. So anyway, his friends came out. We had at the hotel we were at, we had a restaurant there that they opened up so we could have a, a small get together and it was just amazing to me. I, and I was very upfront, you know, that their perspective on my father would be totally different than what mine and my siblings were. My oldest brother came to support me. And obviously my other brother loped there, but he's not, again, very functioning, uh, was there with me. And my sister chose not to come at all. And it was just kind of this reality that hit me of where we are in our country too um on our perception of people that my perception of my father and my siblings perception of my father was totally different than his friends and his radio i mean to his radio um buddies he was a national treasurer treasurer and a national hero and uh to other people there in the area, I mean, he was just, you know, somebody that that they greatly looked up to. And uh, and so the, the perspective of where we are in our nation uh, is somewhat like that, too. I mean, um, we are on just such polar opposites of who we hold in esteem. My father's somebody who abandoned his family, never paid child support, uh, never really accepted any responsibility of his family and felt like the government would step in and uh, assume those roles. Um, however, he advocated for a lot of things that that these people believed in. And so for for them, he was all that in a bag of chips. So. Uh, that's where we are in our nation on on where different people esteem different value systems. And we are at a crossroads of those value systems. And how do we maintain both of those value systems in a nation in which we become further and further divided? And uh, And as I mentioned to some of the the people there, I don't necessarily know if my father was a bad person. He just wasn't a good father. But the more I've looked at it, um, again, I don't know if I would throw him all the category of a bad person. But uh, he was not a responsible citizen. He was not a responsible father. So where do you categorize a good person, a bad person? I don't know. And uh, uh, the world definitely is shifting on that definition. I mean, I definitely feel like when it comes to taking care of the planet, I did a better job of that. So even when you look at the, you know, being a responsible person to the planet, uh, I don't see that. Um, so again, I don't mean to be picking on my dad. I just, I, I wonder on the value systems. And so we're just so, completely on opposite value systems. I don't know where we mesh our value systems together anymore. And do we need more places like Clear Lake, California, in which 
people like me look at it is the city of misfits, but however, they probably come to where I love and kind of see us in a different light. Um, then they'd see themselves. So anyway, that was just my experience over the last few days is being burying my second, uh, my, my parents and the reality of mortality setting in <clears throat> and how short this life is and how we've got to find some way that we can live together in our country, or we've got to find some way of separating out where we have more cities of Clear Lake, California, where people can go that they find their tribe, they find their village, and they love their lives, and we love ours. And I don't know which way, you know, is a better solution, um, but they seemed all happy there together, and they all fit in, and and they their function worked for them. I could never live in that city, um, nor should I have to. And uh, but if we're going to live together, we've got to figure out a way to blend together. But um, so anyway, that that's the that's the dilemma we're in: is how do we figure out how to blend together, or do we totally separate, like in Clear Lake, California? So anyway, enough on my personal uh, adventures uh, with my. <laughs> and I wish this guy had sent me this tribute that he his his radio co-host on uh, on PBS shared uh, a poem and he's going to send it to me as a tribute to my father and he couldn't have been a more perfect tribute and again this is one that he saw as a as a compliment if you will and I saw is my gosh if anybody ever wrote a poem like that about me I would uh I would roll over in my grave if that was the life I led but he he wrote it was about you know drugs alcohol and sex and rock and roll which was my dad's life and uh and somehow he felt that was a fitting tribute to my father's life and it was because that's that's that was my father's life but um, I certainly wouldn't want a tribute of that nature written about me. So when I get that poem, I, I will share that <laughs> because, uh, again, you know, what what is a tribute for one person to me is not a certainly wouldn't be a tribute uh, of any life that I would want to live. So, uh, again, I just uh, I don't I don't know how we blend the two worlds together or if we can blend these two worlds together. I listened to an episode of Jordan Peterson today. It was just a five minute segment. I'd encourage everyone to go on and and find it. Um, it's one he just posted recently, but uh, it basically addressed the same topic of how uh, how we're going to to live today. And, and, and his and it was a plea. Um, of how we're going to do it. And it, and it comes back to um, not worrying about the moat in our brother's eye, but worrying about the beam in our own. About being kind and charitable about perhaps not being so judgmental 
and uh, appreciating the differences that we have and how we need these differences to create a beautiful society. We need the artistic talents. We need those that have good organizational abilities and can create structures. Um, we need the chaos. We need the order. And somehow we've got to find a way to blend these together to, to create a beautiful nation again and not to focus on our, on our differences, but celebrate our differences in a harmonious way. So anyway, for those of you who know who Jordan Peterson is uh, or don't know, go in and look on YouTube channel Jordan Peterson and find this segment that's five minutes long. It's one that was just posted a couple of days ago that, uh, that just petitions us on being a little bit better people and coming together. Um, so now that I, I kind of hit that, I'm going to talk about <laughs> where we are and how divided we are. That's kind of a jumping from one extreme to the other. I, uh, on the vaccinated, vaccinated. I mean, we had all these things that divided us already. We have gender that divided us, race that divided us. We had sexual orientation that divided us. We had finances that divided us, the rich, the poor, the middle class. Now we have people who wear masks, people who don't. Now we have the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. So, so broadcaster and former NFL, Terry Bradshaw, Bradshaw ripped apart the Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who announced that he had coronavirus. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, in an interview that he did not instigate, but was asked if he was um, vaccinated, said that he was immunized, had, was immunized. I can't speak this morning. And uh, so Bradshaw basically accused him of lying. But I thought, what are these players to do? What are that don't want to get the vaccination um, and to come out? And so he basically was doing all these things to prevent him from getting coronavirus and got it. But he had just as much immunity, I would think, that a lot of vaccinated players have because we see vaccinated people getting uh, coronavirus at almost the same rate as unvaccinated people uh, getting coronavirus. So he is being canceled um, out there. Um, and so he has this petition. Um, he says, I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. Roger says, so before I get the final nail that gets put in my cancel culture casket, I would like to think to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies that are out there about myself. And he went on to talk about that he, how he did state that he said, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. It wasn't something sort of a, a ruse or a lie. It was the truth. That he, that he was doing things to give himself immunity uh, by protecting himself on taking the different vitamins to zinc and vitamin D and other things to provide the immunity his body needed. And, um, and he's since recovered and is doing well. But against this division we have against the vaccinated and unvaccinated 
uh, is just growing. So, I mean, the divide there is just incredible. In Canada now, um, starting this week, people that aren't vaccinated can't go to movie theaters, can't go grocery shopping, can't go to restaurants, can't travel inside or outside the country, can't go on public transportation. And in multiple cities here in America, the same, same restrictions apply. Um, and yet we're finding out that those who were vaccinated um, six, eight, nine months ago have no more immunities than the unvaccinated. And yet we're creating these divisions between these two different classes of people. So where do we go from there? I don't know. Um, on a, a more positive note, uh, we had a, a wonderful event Blexit participated in. Blexit is the uh, Black conservative movement that uh, we have formed Blexit Utah here in the state of Utah. And uh, we participated in the Latinos Liberty Festival. And uh, had a wonderful turnout to that, in which Jonathan Harvey, our state director, spoke at that event. And, and we, again, added to our membership. So Blexit is a growing organization here in the state of Utah. And this afternoon, Blexit leadership will be meeting with Blake Moore, our congressman for first congressional district. Every month, Blexit uh, is setting out to meet with different elected officials, both on a federal and a state law, state and a local leadership to announce who Blexit is and, and the pillars that we're working for. So I have to kind of bounce back and forth between some positive things are happening and, and uh, what we're doing to make a difference here in our community and, and try to make changes um, from within. So Blexit is made up of uh, our board. We have conservative um, black leaders, Caucasian leaders, Hispanics. We added recently Michael Marino. Uh, for those of you who don't know Michael, Michael was a, a young um, debater at Leighton High School a few years ago that uh, basically got canceled in Arizona because he quoted Jordan Peterson and and also quoted uh, uh, Ben Shapiro and was told that he quoted white supremacist people and was shut out of the debate. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. Just got kind of a, a rocky start this morning. Uh, couldn't get on my regular headphones and speakers, so I'm using my cell phone today, and I'm having a little bit of a, a, an adjustment to work out there. So sorry about that transition there. But Michael Marino, I'll go ahead and wrap up that he's our gonna, uh, is on our board now, and uh, he is a young. Um, very articulate debater uh, that, uh, again, was shut out at Leighton High. 
uh, of debate uh, in Arizona and then went on to Weber State to the debate team there in which we had a, an Africa, a gay African-American debate coach, which again, none of that in and of itself would be an issue other than this gay African-American debate coach was making everything about critical race theory in the sense that everything was about race, everything was about the identity, and nothing was about the topic in which was supposed to be debated. And the topic that year that Michael started at Weber State was how can the United States join with other nations on uh, developing space uh, exploration? And, um, and this debate coach took it as why, how do we even know space exists? Because that's a white uh, narrative. And whites um, were involved in different, all different aspects of space development and, uh, and astronauts and everything else. So all that is a, a white narrative. And then, then different proposals were made about how we should send all white people out into space to get them off the planet. And uh, then the only opposition to that was that then whites would dominate other areas and, and uh, could cause problems with other worlds out there. And it just became very much a anti-white uh, critical race theory debate format. And so Mike started recording his professor, went on a YouTube channel. So for those of you who would like to follow uh, Michael Marino on YouTube, uh, just get on YouTube, Michael Marino, young college Weber State kid. And uh, he's now going to Utah Valley and he is on our board at Blexit. So anyway, that's our team at Blexit. So uh, I won't continue on that, but I just kind of got shut off part way through. Um, Again, just time after time after time, we've been disappointed in our FBI and in uh, our intelligence community. So again, we have this young kid, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. I think that's how you say his name. I don't feel that Kyle or his mom were very wise in letting Kyle go to Kenosh uh, during the riots. I think Kyle wanted to contribute something good. He saw these Antifa riots, Black Lives Matter riots going on during 2020 and wanted to go out and protect neighborhoods and, and protect these businesses. But he's 17 years old and he goes out there with a gun, not very wise on, on his mother's part, letting him do that, not very wise on Kyle's part. Uh, he ends up shooting two individuals in self-defense. Uh, the left try crucifying Kyle. Um, he ended up having to put up a million dollar fine and now he is trying to defend himself against probably maybe death penalty life in prison and uh the fbi uh had a video and had been sitting on a video for over a year that basically proved his innocence that shows kyle running from uh one of the young shows all of it actually they the FBI actually had complete video operation of everything that took place that night, which means that they we could definitely have more arrest of the people who did cause this chaos. Um, he had witnesses that stated what happened. There were undercover 
cops there that the FBI has set on this video footage for over a year. And it was just by fluke that his defense team discovered this video footage that uh, will probably be the key in exonerating Kyle from uh, at least being found guilty of, of murder of these two individuals because they were the ones that continued to pursue and attack him. They did have guns. And uh, they were hitting him over the head with this one was hitting him over the head with a skateboard. And uh, there was definitely self-defense in which he shot the two individuals that he did shoot. Now, again, he, he could have had weapons violation or something along that line. But uh, the FBI, again, was sitting on footage. So we look at the January 6th incidents and how many people are sitting in jail right now um, and how much footage is out there inside and outside the Capitol that might exonerate them. Uh, we don't know. Um, I'd like to know, and I put in that question to uh, Blake Moore, who we're going to be meeting with today. Now, it may not be the appropriate time today because that's not what the meeting's about, but uh, we should be petitioning our House and Senate members on when is that video footage going to be released uh, that uh, is outside the House and or outside the congressional buildings. Uh, from January 6th, and what does it show? How many FBI and intelligence community members were part of that operation? How many were part of the kidnapping of the governor of, of I believe it was Michigan? I mean, we just time and time again, we see uh, some of the corruption in our intelligence community. Uh, same thing, you know, in um, with Trump. Um, in the collusion with Russia, we saw the dirty operations with um, our FBI director. Um, I just lost his name. Oh, my gosh. Comey. Uh, and um, how he was working with other operatives, basically, and trying to frame uh, President Trump and, and General Flynn and others. And so we've lost so many conservatives or people um, in America have lost total trust in our intelligence community. How do we restore that back? Um, I don't, you know, it's a tough one because these aren't elected leaders. These are people who are government employees. And it's very hard to, to get rid of the government employees. They don't resign. You can't fire them. It's a, I don't ever feel we should have allowed unions in the government sector. I don't know what the alternative to that is, but somehow um, the union aspect of it seems somewhat corrupt to me on how we've allowed unions to protect you know government employees. The same with you know bad teachers. I mean, it's just. We've got to be able to do something to be able to clean house in our intelligence communities because now this young man's life um, was was on the on the line here, and our FBI had the ability to have cleared his name, and they held on to this footage and only shared it when they were their hand was forced and it was discovered that they had it, and now they're saying it was lost. They didn't know about it, but uh, it seems to be the answer um, that we get ongoing from our FBI or our CIA that uh, the very people that's supposed to be on top of these type of things are, are some of the most sloppy 
uh, handlers of the information of computers, of laptops, or whatever it is that put in their hands. Um, and it's again, I am just thinking back on all these things that are unresolved. Uh, Lewis Lerner, or I think that's her name of the IRS, and all these uh, laptops that got uh, accidentally lost or wiped out the information on when uh, conservatives were being denied uh, 501c3s from the IRS. Um, so, I mean, it just continues to go back, you know, one government entity after another on corruption that never is held accountable. So I'm on a tangent. I'm, I apologize there, but my mind just gets boggled down with keeping up from one scandal to the next. And uh, it's just it's it's hard to kind of keep up with them. But we'll, we'll focus in on good news again. Uh, Bill Maher, who again, um, between Bill Maher, Dave Chappelle, um, Russell Brand, a lot of these comedians on the left, not that they're coming back and they're full swing conservative because they're not, but just seeing them come back and stand their ground on being liberals, true liberals, has been refreshing and calling out the left. Uh, Bill Mars several times this, in this past week or 10 days has came out. One time uh, they were talking about critical race theory and you know, there's a black professor on there that stated that uh, the parents are being spooked because black history is being taught in schools. And Bill Maher was very quick to say, no, that's not what they're being spooked about. They're being spooked because kids are being divided along racial lines that they're being spooked because there's the, you know, being addressed as oppressors and the oppressed. And uh, he really snapped back on that. He's really been very critical of higher education and uh, basically saying it's a scam, which, you know, I think all parents looking at having to be out a significant amount of money sending their kids to, uh, to get a four-year degree or, or a higher degree than that are kind of hesitant these days on, on how the money's being spent. So anyway, Russell Brand, just one after another coming out. So it's just been beautiful watching the the left or the liberals kind of pulling out and holding their own accountable. So some good things are happening. Um, if we can just see those and stronger, um, just a little bit stronger out there. And even those people are starting to get shut down though. They're not getting quite the traction that they would have had they came out on the other side. But um, just knowing that in New Jersey, and also in Virginia, the Hispanic population actually voted, the majority of Hispanics voted for conservatives there. So that's a big win for our nation on where we can be heading if we continue uh, to build bridges within the Latino uh, community, within the black community. Um, I think that's where we save our nation. Again, that's been my outreach and what I'm working towards uh, here. And everybody can, wherever you're at, uh, reach out to people and build those bridges. Because as we nurture those relationships one-on-one, -on -one, um, that's where we're going to be able to save our nation and take our nation back. But uh, anyway, 
uh, the Latino community did step up to the plate and did deliver both in Virginia and in New Jersey. And I believe the black Americans are going to be right behind them um, as we're continue to, to build those relationships there. Uh, Microsoft, this was the one that I just find hilarious. They did a, a woke training and first they introduced themselves with these clever little introductions. You know, I'm so-and-so with long blonde hair and I'm, I go by she and her and I wear these nifty little high heels. And, um, and then the guy introduces himself and anyway, just very woke introductions to their, um, and, and then they go on to talk about how they occupy the, the land in which they're delivering this lecture from was the former land of these Native American tribes. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there going. And so that my first thought was, well, if you're conceding that this land and you have, you know, you're this trillion dollar corporation, what are you doing to make it right if, if this really bothers you? So, again, these woke corporations coming out and giving um, these platitudes of, um, of gestures, you know, acknowledgments. Uh, I love the fact that they're getting called out on it uh, because this is a company if they do feel bad about it, then give the damn land back or, or compensate these tribes. Uh, they can do that as a corporation. I don't think it has to come out of taxpayer dollars. I don't think it has to. I mean, they, they are the, they are functionally the government at this point, the, these big corporations. So I love the fact that they, they thought that they were being clever and all woke and that people are calling them out on it. And, uh, and hopefully we're going to see Microsoft held to a big accountability to paying these uh, these tribes in which land that their buildings, that the Microsoft buildings are on and which these presentations were being delivered from, that, uh, that they actually go out and compensate these American uh, Indian tribes for. So anyway, I apologize for being so scattered today but that's just I wake up and I look at what's going on and it, it is all so scattered every day that uh that it is hard to keep track with everything so again I want to remind everybody that tomorrow we'll have Ryan Woods aka Lady Maga uh on and uh Wednesday we have Dr. Marcy and boy I could use a dose of Dr. Marcy right now on some good mental health because uh, I feel like between, and I don't know if everybody out there, I'm sure everybody's lost somebody this year. Um, but uh, even if you don't have a good parent, but uh, losing both parents definitely this year has been tough on me. Because it definitely puts, uh, puts into perspective how short life is and how we need to be utilizing our time and what time we have left on this earth to do something of value. 
and uh, both with our family, our neighbors, people right around us, but also something to contribute positive to the world in which we live in. And uh, and we live at a time that it's really hard to know how to go about doing that. And so as I read the news and I think, what am I going to share today that might make a difference to someone? Um, it's it's kind of overwhelming because it just it all jumps out there and you know all of it seems like it's important to talk about is all of it in some way has something to do with taking away some freedom in which we once enjoyed or which we now enjoy but it uh, looks like it could be at stake enjoying in the future and uh, or some value that we hold dearly that seems to be in jeopardy and so and every day it tends to each one of these areas tend to get taken to a new level uh, that you think it just can't get any get any worse but then it does i mean you look at how much more we're spending at my restaurant i own a, a restaurant here in ogden utah again if you're coming through uh, one of the best baked potatoes you'll ever have at, at the corner of 24th and Kiesel in downtown Ogden. But my employee cost has gone up 25% this year over the last 18 months. Uh, my food cost has gone up minimal 20%, sometimes far much more than that. I haven't raised my prices yet, so I'm, I'm dying right now. <laughs> so I've got to, got to raise my prices. But then I look at how can how can people afford to pay increased prices um, to eat out when they're paying such high prices for gasoline and they're paying such high prices for rent or their home mortgage that uh, it's tough times for people out there and. Uh, then we have a president in office who immediately upon coming in office shuts down for the first time in American history, at least in a long time in American history for decades, we were energy independent under President Trump. We didn't rely upon outside oil production and that outside oil production led America into many wars that were unnecessary. And the first thing President Biden does is cause us to be energy dependent again. And when he gets called out on this in press conferences, it's like, no, I don't have control on that. You know, that's the uh, cartels over the oil cartels. Well, he did have control over it. Now he's actually contemplating shutting down another oil, American oil pipeline. And uh, as Americans sit back and look at this, you know, it's just like, you know, what can we do to make a difference? How can we change this? And it's happened at such fast speed that it's hard to get in there and stop something before it actually happens. Um, I mean, kudos to the parents and to the people out there fighting against critical race theory and the differences that they have made. Of course, that didn't happen at fast speed. I think the awareness happened at such a fast speed. And, um, but that's been happening for decades as well. But uh, people, when they became aware of it, did jump in there and are making a difference. But uh, our supply chains, again, as we're looking at what are we going to have? I mean, I've been waiting on a part from my refrigerator. Unfortunately, my 
my walk-in refrigerator at Brixton's is holding out. I've spent over $3,000 on maintenance this year on it because the coil needs replaced, the main coil unit. And uh, I haven't been able to get one in. I've been, finally, it was supposed to have been here like a month ago, or actually uh, eight, more than more than a month ago. I think it's been like six, eight weeks ago. But it, it was sitting on a boat <laughs> in California somewhere. And now it's been lost, and I've had to reorder it. Um, if your washing machine breaks, you're really probably, you're messed up unless you can find a used one because uh, wash machine dryers, all appliances are, you know, sometimes months out on a waiting list. Um, used, used car prices have gone up 40%. If you're traveling and want to rent a car, uh, the price to rent a car has gone up 40%. Um, I just look at all the different increases that all Americans are facing right now. In addition to all these things that are up in the air. Unfortunately, I mean, I, my husband and I are kind of switching roles. I used to be the optimist in our family and he was the pessimist. And, uh, and so fortunately uh, he has taken on the optimist role and reminds me that we have four, you know, great kids who are doing great in their lives and are figuring their way through this crazy world in which we live in. So make sure you're looking at the good things that are going on because if you are focusing only on the negative, it's going to be overwhelming to you because there are, there's a lot of crazy, negative, overwhelming things out there. So make sure you take note and, uh, and have that gratitude journal of the good things that you have going on. We had a city council election just recently here, and uh, one of the women running put uh, that she was going to fight for good water and good access to recreational facilities here in Ogden and, and clean air. Now, this wasn't the lady I was voting for, but I was thinking, you know, one thing about Ogden is we have great water. And that, that's one of the things I'm very grateful for is we have here and at least where I live, we have great water. And uh, so even if, you know, you look at some of the basic things in life that you're grateful for, good water is one of them. If you, if you live in a city or community in which you can fill up a glass of ice water out of your tap, you should be really grateful for that. Um, and then recreational facilities and parks and, uh, and lakes and things like that directly around you. I mean, those are things to have a lot of gratitude for. If your kids are doing well and no one's sick. Uh, if they're, they have jobs and they're taking care of themselves. I mean, there's so many different things that we need to take note and be grateful for, um, even though the world is a little crazy around us. So I'm grateful that I have a husband right now who has taken on the optimist role in our family and keeping me balanced out that, you know, not everything's crazy. <laughs> it just really is, but um, that... Uh, you have control over or you really will um, <clears throat> probably go crazy in the world but don't forget to listen to Dr. Marcy on good mental health that's kind of where that went to I definitely have ADHD for those of you who've listened to me before I probably mentioned that so this is definitely one of these ADHD podcasts 
in which my mind is rambling on all the crazy things in the world around us. But uh, hopefully it's been something that is a reminder that we can focus in. Maybe this is you too. A lot of people do not 